Blog Talk Radio. WIJSF.com Women in Jazz South Florida Inc. is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, concerts, performances, clinics, lectures, workshops, articles, interviews, newsletters, courses, contacts, research, history, archives, websites, films, audio and video recordings and recognition. Visit us at WIJSF.com. You're listening to blogtalkradio.com slash musicwoman with your host, Diva JC.
afternoon. This is Dr. Diva JC here in beautiful Boynton Beach, Florida. Absolutely beautiful weather today, 87 degrees. Couldn't ask for anything more. You just heard Sisterness from Jazz and Pink's first collection. And I have to tell you, this is a beautiful CD. I put it in my new car with my new CD player, and I just rode out for days, and I mean for days, listening to this music. I will never understand why women are so marginalized in this music industry, only earning 12% of the $27.5 billion music industry. Well, my guest is here, Gail Johnson, and perhaps she can help me understand this dilemma. Good afternoon, Gail. Hi, this music woman, Dr. Joan Cartwright. This is Gail Johnson. <laughs> well, first, I want to say that in our long-term relationship, Gail, you have been one of the most positive, kind, and generous members of Women in Jazz South Florida. And that is saying a lot because women in music are so marginalized, stressed out. And, you know, I know that you are working on your music with Jazz and Pink. And with Norman Connors, and don't you remember too? Is it? It's not Norman Connors. Yes, Norman Brown. Norman Brown, but you Norman also were Grammy award-winning Norman Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also you are in school. Is that correct? Yes, I am in graduate school, and right now my class is in financial analysis. So please put me on your prayer chain. Because <laughs> oh, that is the hardest part is balancing everything. As a, uh, you know, first of all, as a single mom, um, that's one part of it. You know, just making sure bills get paid. But uh, you know, as a musician, we live month to month. So uh, couple that with uh, the, the penny streams that flow from these digital outlets, and uh, trying to keep everything together. Uh, it's more than a notion, as you know. And I'm hoping that you're going to spell out some of these dilemmas in the article that I do expect. It's like I'm one of your professors. I need yeah. that article for women, music women. <laughs> music yeah. And I'll give yeah. you some extra time because I know you're stretched to the limit. <laughs> yeah, I certainly will But I think marketing is very important You can play so well And you can be uh, Have wonderful stage presence And you can be beautiful And, you know, engaging and all that But if your marketing isn't right Nobody knows that you're there Nobody knows where your store is To come buy it And, you know, people that want to participate In, in your brand um then you're, you're you're not doing anything. You're spinning your wheels. So I think the marketing thing is um, 
very, very important for us. Now, just give me an overview. And I want, I'm focusing on these issues for a purpose. You know, because we talk about all the good stuff. We, we always do that. And right. I know it's bad stuff, but talk about sisterness and jazz and pink. Talk about what do the other members bring as far as promotion is concerned? Well, it's hard. Um, you know, everybody's in different stages of their career. And, um, you know, some are still mothers and still got other issues going on. And so I try to let everybody bring what they want to bring. And then, um, of course, I'm observant of what people's talents and, and things that I see them do elsewhere and say, hey, can you bring some of that skill set to what Jazz and Pink is trying to do? But it's difficult, you know, if, um, you know, some people are like, well, what's in it for me? That's always the uh, the, the W-I, how's it go? W-I-T, W-I-T-F. J, women in jazz. Yes, yes. No, women in jazz, but I mean, what's in it for me? People, people always oh, want to know what's in it for me, no matter whatever they're participating in. And so is. A lot of women, I find that if they don't see anything right away on the return, they're like, eh, I'll move on to something else. And not just women, but musicians in general, because most are living from month to month. And uh, it's always that next gig or that next opportunity, or maybe I'm going to be a star. So, you know, I try to encourage the women that work with Jazz and Pink to bring whatever skill set they have. Some of them have other things that would be very helpful for us. Some of them are good with social media, you know. So Tomoka's good with social media. She likes hanging out and taking pictures and posting and that stuff on Instagram and, and at, uh, Facebook and things like that. So so that's good. And she, you know, does what she can to help Jazz and Pink while she's out there doing that. Uh, Karen Briggs, uh, she's good with uh, video editing. So, um, you know, in her spare time, that's what she does. She worked on her website, and um, I think that was maybe the first or second time she had worked on that. So she did pretty good with that, and she had some suggestions for what we needed for our website. So, uh, like our bassist, Robin Bramlett, um, um, she's now music director. I noticed at rehearsal she had good ideas, and she could direct people, and, and others seemed to respect her. Some people can have good ideas about things, but if people don't want to listen to you or you're not relaying that message properly, you won't get any results. So those are the different things uh, I find with the, the different musicians. You know, I'll look at what they got to offer, and I ask them, can they share it with Jazz and Pink? And, uh, and most will, and some of them do it for a time, and then they're off to some other venture. But uh, whatever we can benefit from it, you know, is good. Okay. Now, what is your degree going to be? It's going to be a master in music business. I, uh, earlier years, I studied composition, and I think that helped me with my music directing and, of course, writing and arranging for various vocalists and bands and all that stuff. So now I, uh, and then I'm off to TV and movie scoring stuff. In fact, I just landed a couple of entries into a song, um, into a film called It's a Date. It's a, a female film composer named Charlotte Boyer, her production company. And uh, it's a indie film, but um, 
you know, it's good. You know, I've got a few indie entries here and there. So this is the latest. It's called It's a Date. And uh, so I'm glad about that. And, you know, when I do something, I always try to bring my friends with me. So I invited a couple of my friends that, you know, hey, give me some of your tracks that you're not using for anything else. Maybe they will be good scene music for uh, different films and things that I'm involved in. And so they picked one uh, from two of my uh, friends. So the three of us have a uh, single that's going to be in the movie, and that's good, you know. But, uh, yeah, my degree is going to be music business, and so that's part of business too. You know, the music, I can write that all day, but trying to land these deals with different movies and music supervisors and film writers and theater people, uh, trying to get to them and convince them to take a listen, that's part of the business. That's part of marketing yourself. That's right. And don't forget, you have my songbook. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I hope you didn't hear yeah, your songbook. I, I started playing, uh, you know, playing through a couple of the songs, you know, and that's good. We should have more music posted out there. We've got so many songs, and I know how to make the char- the chart to make the songbook, and I've got stuff to make it simple. Now I've got to find time to do it. So, you know, you have all these things. And that was the big promise of computer, uh, the computer age, wasn't it? That it was going to allow you to have more time, more financial freedom, more time with your family, more time to do the stuff that you want to do. And it has been just the opposite. It has been more time consuming for troubleshooting, <laughs> fixing, figuring out how do I do this? Why isn't it working now? turning it off, turning it back on, and next thing you know, you spent four hours on a simple task that you could have just handwritten, you know? Yes. It took me two weeks to put that songbook together. And I mean, Mm -hmm. it was a full nine-to-five gig for two weeks to get those 40 songs. I had to play them into the computer, and then I had a modem that was hooked up from Ali to the printer. And then I had to mm-hmm. scan everyone in. It is a job. It's a job. It now listen, job. It is a job. I was going to play uh, Seasons by Pamela Elaine, but she couldn't yes. make it. So I'm going to try to have a separate show with her okay. later. Yeah. Because she did say she would join us. And I wish it all... I wish all the women musicians in the world would join us because, you know, know. Music Women magazine has been on the table for 10 years, and it's going to go. It's an idea whose time has come. Now, talk to me about your daughter, Tamina. She is off to Joshua Tree right now. She's working with an artist named Jean Navarro. And um, I'm telling you, she has really uh, been quite busy in her music career. So she's singing background for him there, doing live videos, lots of rehearsals and lots of shows uh, from San Diego to Las Vegas to Joshua Tree to L.A. And uh, so she's been quite busy Um She's also with another singing group. Um, I did a track on them with a Nina Simone track that turned out fabulous. You'll be sure to get a copy of that as soon as it comes out. But they did a video of it. So I did the track. I did the track in just a couple hours. I just figured, eh, they just needed something to practice to. They took and twisted and put a thing on that. 
I'm telling you, I mean, the song by Nina Simone was already powerful enough, but once they added their rendition of it, it was just absolutely beautiful. And once the uh, videographer shot it, it was absolutely over the top. So I only have a clip of it now, but uh, once the whole video was done, that's going to be fabulous uh, uh, promotion for her. And so so she's working with the – I think the group is going to be called Fool of Women. Um and oh, so we'll wow. see. She had a group before called uh, Fidelity. It was a gospel gospel group. In fact, it was the four of them as well. And you know, they came out of the church. Beautiful CD, uh, Fidelity, called Soul of the Day. You know, so um, I, yeah, she do this mm-hmm. jazz thing first collection. How is it doing? How how is it how is the sale? Yeah, it's doing okay. It's not doing so well online. It's not. Um, we're our point of sale is always at the show, because people want to take pictures and they want you to sign it and stuff like that, and they want to take a piece of jazz and pink with them. And I have posters, and so if you buy a CD, you get a poster, and we sign that, and it's uh, you know real chance for us to bond with fans that are really trying to support what we're doing. Um, but um, we need we need a better marketing plan. We do. We need to, you know, that Jazz Pink CD need to be selling in Yugoslavia. It need to be selling in Russia, um, you know, big time. You know, there's downloads and stuff, but I need to get a real in-your-face marketing campaign for overseas sales. So that's what I'll be working on next uh, once the uh, Christmas season come along and all I have to do is do the show and I'm good with that. In fact, that's coming up with Norman Brown, Bobby Caldwell, and Marion Meadows. So I'm okay. excited about that. But once the show is done and it's set, then I'll have time to work in the background on jazz and pink marketing stuff for next year. Okay. Now, you're originally from Philly, but you've been in L.A. for a long time. What about yes. the event on October the 20th? Tell me about that. Yep. October 20th is Jazz and Pink's 10th year anniversary. Um, celebration. That's not our actual anniversary date, but that is going to be the date we're going to celebrate. Um, Jazz and Pink started in 2008. Actually, February 2008, it was conceived between me and Althea uh, Renee and uh, a lady named Kina Hubbard out of San Diego. And so we sat down and talked about, uh, just like you and I are doing now, what is going on with women in jazz? What is going on with women in music? Uh, How can we help? what can we do to promote ourselves? So that's what we talked about. And uh, the, the concept of Jazz and Pink was formed. Uh, you know, I came up with the name. And uh, I thought it was appropriate because Pink represented the feminine part and Jazz, of course, represented the music part. So um, now, 10 years later, we've jammed on stage with uh, as many or over 50 women now from vocalists to saxophonists to percussionists to harpists to violinists, uh, the loudest, <laughs> you know, it's just been a uh, really, really labor of love. Um, it's been challenging. I'm not going to say that it hasn't, but um, it's got us around the world. We've been through the islands. We've been to Africa. Um, and we, we're looking to do some things next year that will even take us even further. But like you say, we're making all this great music, and we're only twelve percent of the uh, the wealth of it. You know, it's like what? <laughs> you know, we got to do better. Yeah, we, we need my 
goal is to get that to 20% before I close my eyes. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not forever, but when I pass on, I want it to be 20%, that women are earning mm-hmm. 20%. And I tell you, you need a jackhammer to break through this ceiling. It is uh-huh. Now, well, we're going to talk about it October 20th. We're going to talk about it. We've got women from all different sectors of the industry, and we're going to have a panel discussion about where women are, what's going on, the joys, the uh, the improvements, and uh, we're going to get it together. So uh, we're really looking forward to it. Everything is really coming together. People are registering. Uh, I've got T-shirts made, and uh, we've got vendors coming. We've got some food. We've got some pink, uh, pink wine, uh, pink lemonade. <laughs> So it's going to be great. We're going to be in North Hollywood um, at uh, FBC NoHo. That's the First Baptist Church of North Hollywood. It's a big art district now. And uh, it's going to be from 3 to 8. We're going to have a concert jam session. We're going to play a little bit and then open it up for all the other musicians to sit in. i got a set designer. We're going to turn the whole sanctuary into the pink room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> kind of like the red tent. Well, you do have three music method books, and people can find them on your website, right? Yes, they can find them on the website. And uh, or or how Lynn, they can do a search for. Um, yeah, my first book was for funk keyboards because I found the same situation. There's no books on how to play funk. You have to listen to the record and try to figure it out. Well, it's kind of difficult to figure it out because it's buried up under two guitar players and all these snare drums and the bass and all that. So I figured I'd put my ear to it and see if I could come up with some, um, you know, basic grooves that I know and things that I could. Um, you know, share with uh, other players that want to learn how to play funk. So that was my first book, Funk Keyboards, by uh, published under Hal Leonard. And then my next book is called Dictionary of Keyboard Grooves, also published under Hal Leonard. And that was, I said, well, people, sometimes people just want to play, uh, they want to learn how to play a Latin groove without having to learn, get the whole Latin book. They just want to do one or two grooves and they're good. So I did that. I said, let me do a little swing, a little Latin, a little little pop, a little funk, a little gospel. And so I did all these different little grooves and put that into one book. And uh, both those books are still doing well after 10 years, 10, 12 years now. And uh, and then I said, well, let me do something on jazz. And so jazzy keyboards, uh, I took the, another approach. Instead of being able to or having to be able to read music, you could read the graphs. So I included keyboard graphs as well as staves so you could write notes on it. But the keyword graphs would show you just how the chord is placed. And then I started, um, you know, the introduction of scales, and they're also on the graph, and then how to form the chord from that. And then, okay, let's start matching some of the chords up. Let's start matching the, the blues with the blues and the greens with the greens and the red, you know. And then I started adding, then I added the bass line to it. Okay, you can use this chord and put this groove, this bass line groove underneath. So it goes through a progression of all these things until it finally comes up with the whole kind of a song. Uh, it's eight, 16 bars. Okay, you can play these chords, this groove, and read from start to finish. And by the time okay. you get there, now you're, you're on your way to, to reading music, you know. We're not going to Okay. Mm-hmm. We, I want to play Back and Forth, which is your new single. Oh, so yes, Gail, yes. I'm going to have 
to have you back on after October the 20th. Make sure you videotape so you can put yes, it up on I'm the But I'm going to talk yes. to you again soon. I'm going to play Back and Forth by Jazz and Pink, right? Okay, Jazz and Pink, Back and Forth. I love you, girl. <laughs> I love you, too. Thank you so much for having me on, man. This is WIJSF.com, Women in Jazz, South Florida, Inc., is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women.